Welcome to the Off the Bench Podcast, home of all things sports here in the Central Valley. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Off the Bench. All right, welcome back to the Off the Bench Podcast. Episode 46, Jason. We're getting close to 50 here. Yeah, climbing. Almost there. Got a couple more. I'm excited about uh, you know the next couple couple weeks. We got some good stuff coming, and uh, some exciting, some some fun people we're talking to. So, yeah, a lot of fun there. Yep. So what? Uh, you know, we kind of had some big games go on this week. Got some. Uh, you know, the big game was uh, you know San Joaquin Memorial football pl- playing host to Central. Central. And, yeah. Uh, that one. You know, that got all the attention, and then. Uh, the other one kind of snuck by, and Buchanan wound up getting upset. Yeah, against a you know a very good Liberty Bakersfield team. Um, but yeah, I don't you know it was you know going in. I think everyone was expecting you know, you know Buchanan playing you know either Memorial or Central, depending on who won you know that matchup. And you know here we have a uh, you know I don't think Central was thinking they'd be hosting. Yeah, exactly. And now you know they're hosting uh, another game. Yeah, and it's uh you know you always get these matchups right in in the in the championship game you always you know it's a it's kind of a classic you get Bakersfield versus versus Fresno so we're gonna they're gonna get to play it out and we have that in D one and D two yeah in both of them actually what's interesting is D D two is you know any other year that could be a D one yeah um, championship game so yeah got the D two championship this week at McLean Stadium Drillers versus uh, the Knights yeah. And then the D1 championship will be out at uh, Collegian Stadium at Central. So, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Um, I'm excited about that one. I think, uh, I think I'm going to be out there. At the, I think I'm going to go to the Central game. So. I'll have family out there. I'm not sure if I'll make it out there, but I'll have family out there. I'm going to guess you'll be there. Uh, <laughs> it's, if, it's, you'll be watching one way or another, though. Yeah. I, you know, it was on TV, and most likely I like, you know, from the comfort of my own couch. There you go. There you go. Yeah, so that'll be uh it's a big week, you know. You got to in, in the in the football world, you got to earn the right to keep practicing all week during Thanksgiving. And uh that's what they're doing this week. Every probably every morning this week out there practicing and Yeah. You know, that's a that's a right you got to earn to be able yep. to play this late. So Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. There is there was one championship game last week that uh Fresno Christian with a dominating yeah, dominating win. My my eight man football. My Eagles got it done. Uh, they were a week ahead of schedule as far as the other divisions, but yeah, eight man football, a little bit different out there. But uh, they had a dominating performance over Mojave High School, state champs. Yeah, they're gonna finish. You know, they they finish. They should finish the the season ranked number one in the state of California. Yeah, in in the eight man world. So so that's you know you finished first in the polls. That should uh, put a state. That should be state champs, and hopefully you know the AD puts a banner. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll have to let him know that. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, actually, he tweeted it the other day. He said he tweeted out first state championship in school history. That's awesome. So yeah, yeah, good stuff. Shout out to coach, uh, head coach Mick Fuller. Got it done there. Um, he and he was nervous leading up to it, man. He, our uh, superintendent in a staff meeting, you know, almost congratulated him about the you know the big game before it happened, and he was like, no, 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 dude, stop, don't talk about it. He didn't want to, he didn't want to even go there. But uh, they got it done. Uh, so yeah, a little state championship there, kind of cool. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah. So, 
but other than that, it's uh, it's all all things go this week leading up to the big games. Yeah, we got uh, we mentioned Central versus Liberty in D one, Bullard versus Bakersfield in D two. You have Bakersfield Christian taking on CVC in D three. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a good matchup. That one is in in uh, Visalia there at CVC. And then D4, you got Mendota at Independence. Okay. Another Bakersfield school getting yep. in there. Um, D5, Liberty Madeira at Rigetti. So that's quite okay. a trip. They got to go all the way over to. Got to go uh, little Road Warriors. Yeah, got to go over to the coast there. It's not a bad place to go, though. Especially on a Friday night. Make a weekend no. out of it. Yeah. Stay the night. That's, uh, you could do a lot worse. But, uh, yeah, and then D6, you got Morro Bay at Taft. Okay. So, yeah, you got quite a few Bakersfield and, you know, those area Bakersfield area schools getting into the finals there. So um, it's always good to see. Love those Bakersfield versus Fresno matchups. So it's always uh, it's always fun there. But, yeah, we've uh, we got a little basketball. i got to give shout-outs to Sunnyside, Corey Duckworth. They won the uh, Reedley uh, basketball tournament. Yes. So that's, I think, our first, really, right, our first, like, I don't know of any other tournaments. Yeah, I think so I that's think it. The first like tournament champs. Um, there was a there was a girls tournament at Madeira South, but I don't, okay. know, I don't know who won it. Okay, and then I know Fresno City, uh, the girls, the women's basketball team, they won a tournament. Yeah, at Sierra Sierra College, I think he was. Okay, saying. so yeah, that that, and so got to give a shout out to my girl Lainey Amundsen, who I coached. Uh, she was uh, all tournament, so nice, not bad in your first. Uh, I think her first tournament. Yeah, your first week week or two as a as a collegiate athlete. Yeah. First basketball tournament, you go get all tournament. That's not a bad little. No, that's a great way to start. Yeah, she got to keep that up. But yeah, speaking of Fresno City College, we've uh, we're gonna learn a lot more about that program right yeah. here today. We've got a fun fun interview. We just sat down uh, in person with uh, head coach Alex Fletcher. Yeah, we learned a whole lot. He took us to school, man. There was a lot of learning. There was yeah, I learned a lot a lot of things that I did not expect to learn yeah. in this podcast <laughs> he uh he had a unique collegiate career himself so he played yeah. played at fresno city college for coach maddock and then took his uh, talents up north to, a little bit north yeah, yeah. He, he went up into a little past montana he went up into canada and uh somehow you cross the border there and you get an extra year of eligibility yeah i knew about i knew about the extra year of eligibility i knew that um but yeah, it's it was cool to learn, you know, about Canada and it's there's there's just a whole different level of cold that Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So he uh you know, he he taught us all about a, a bunch of stuff there, but it was a man, really really fun conversation. Love getting to talk with Alex. Um and then to to hear about his team right now. You mentioned you mentioned Laney there and you know, he's got a bunch of local girls on this yeah. squad. So it's uh they're going to be fun to watch this year and they've already knocked off the number 2 you know, preseason team in NorCal. So, yeah, not uh, a bad little start. Not a bad start at all. They're five and one right and now. And their so. only losses to the number one team in NorCal. Exactly. So. They, you know, maybe there's a chance they'll get to re revenge that one. Oh yeah. So they're definitely, definitely a talented team. Yep, absolutely. So, a little bit shorter uh, front end intro this week, but uh, we're gonna get you right to it. This is uh, episode 46 of Off the Bench, featuring Fresno City College women's basketball coach Alex Fletcher. Here we go. All right, welcome back to the Off the Bench podcast, Jason. We've uh, 
you know, we've done some football stuff lately, and we're, you know, it's basketball season now, so we're starting to starting to dive back into the hoops world, and uh, I'm excited about today. We got a fun one. Yeah, we have uh, Fresno City's women's head basketball coach Alex Fletcher in the building. How are we doing today? Good. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. We just finished uh, practicing weights, so <laughs> I'm getting right into it. I'm ready. So I got to ask a question. You know, you played for Ed Maddock. When you guys do weights, is it like Ed Maddock weight workouts or? It's a little bit different. Yeah, we actually, um, I did that my first couple years, uh, not to that level um, because I'm, I'm not Coach Maddock. You know, you got <laughs> to be yourself. Uh, but yeah, this year we actually, we've hired a, a guy, his name is Jimmy Daw. He's a physical therapist. And then he's been putting together all our strength and conditioning, really focused on, you know, ACL prevention and, and all that stuff. So, you know, knock on wood, it's been working so far. Um, but yeah, he's been great to work with. Nice. Nice. So let's kind of go from the beginning. So you're not really from Fresno. You're from the Merced area. So talk about that. Talk about growing up and, you know, hooping out there. Yeah, I grew up in Merced. Um, you know, we used to come to, I remember coming to Fresno for summer tournaments and, you know, coming and getting blown out sometimes. So I'll be honest, you know, getting <laughs> all these Fresno teams are pressing like crazy and running us out of the gym. But uh, we had some success, you know, we did all right. But yeah, I went to Golden Valley High School. And then uh, I was actually going to possibly play baseball at Merced College. And then uh, Coach Maddock and uh, Jeff Schmidt uh, and Adam Wall, they were the ones that recruited me uh, to Fresno City. Ended up playing at Fresno City for two years. Absolutely loved it. Uh, Loved the basketball. Loved Fresno City. Um, You know, Cheyenne Acala is still one of my best friends that I've uh, played with there. And uh, from Fresno City, I got a scholarship to a school in Canada, actually. It's called the University of Lethbridge. It's about an hour across the border of Montana. And uh, it was cold, snowed, you know, got snow. I don't even, I'm trying to like visually, I don't even know there's like, I, I, I know the whole Canada borders right there, but I was like, is there like, I never knew there's towns. I just feel like that is just <laughs> uninhabited part of land I guess yeah it's fun I thought the same thing to be honest I did I was embarrassed about how little I knew about Canada when I moved there um, but uh, yeah in Canada they have five years of eligibility so I got to play for three more after Fresno City and loved it it was it was the perfect level for me it was probably I'd say comparable to an NAIA level here maybe division two and some of the teams but uh, it was awesome I got to play a ton I loved it so yeah, it was a great experience so that's a real thing you're not I've never heard of anybody going to back Canada to play basketball. Yeah, no, it's true. There's uh, so there is one team. Uh, Simon Fraser is a, yep. a college in Canada that plays in the NCAA. Okay, but then there's also a whole separate Canadian college sports league, and it's called uh, now it's called the U Sports. I don't know where that comes from. Canada doesn't make sense sometimes. But <laughs> <laughs> and when I was playing, it was CIS, uh, and that's like their version of the NCAA. So yeah, pretty much. All the same rules. I mean, up there it was Division One, so I was on TV, you know, on the news. It, it was awesome. I loved it. So, like, you said it's their NC2A. Is it? Is it as, I guess, you know how the NCAA, NC2A can be kind of, uh, what am I trying to say here? They can scrutinize certain things. Is it? Is it? Are they as involved as the NC2A on stupid things? I guess I'd say definitely not. (laughs) It's it's like the Wild West. You can do. I mean, the recruiting stuff that goes on there would be extreme violations here. (laughs) Um, And it's. I mean, it's like the same five schools basically win every year because they have the most fundraising money, and there's not really limits on what you can do with it. 
And so, I mean, it works for them. So you're saying you wound up with like a, a car and all this. Yeah. No, <laughs> I was not one of those five schools. <laughs> but oh, that does happen. Yeah. Yeah. Should have took my talents to Canada. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was awesome. I, I, I loved it up there. Um, and then I, I came back after I finished playing. I came back and coached uh, on the men's side at Fresno City for a year with Coach Maddock. And then I went back to the same school in Canada. I coached there for three years uh, as the head assistant. And then that's where I kind of first started uh, working with the women's team a little bit. I did some strength and conditioning with the women's team. And, uh, yeah, then the rest is history, I guess. <laughs> So let's kind of go back to our high school days. So you said you were originally going to play baseball. So what position did you play in baseball? So I was a pitcher was what I was getting recruited for. Um, but I've played a little third and first too and caught. So yeah, just kind of anywhere in the infield. Uh, but pitching was what I was eventually kind of getting recruited for by um, Merced, JC, Modesto. Um, just JC is nothing crazy. So was was that ever like – so was basketball even a thought of playing basketball in college or was it like, were you getting recruited other schools than city for basketball or was it more just like, I'm going to play baseball and then all oh, city comes in. Now I'm gonna go play basketball at city. How does that all work? I think uh, deep down, I always wanted to play basketball. I, th I think I, I always liked basketball more, uh, but I thought like kind of realistically, I had a better chance with baseball uh, just for my size and my athleticism. Um, you know, I usually lose most all sprints. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then I actually wasn't really going to even play sports. I was going. I, I had got accepted into UC Davis and already had my dorm room, everything kind of set. Like I'm going, and then uh, I don't know if they'll ever confirm it, but uh, Coach Smitty came to one of our high school games, and I had a teammate that was six five. He played point guard and he could dunk from the free throw line. Okay. And so... No big deal. Yeah, they were definitely there recruiting him, <laughs> you know, as I would be too if I was the coach. And, you know, I just happened to um, have a good game, I guess. And You, you put know, on a show too? Yeah, I talked to him <laughs> afterwards, and I, I wasn't dunking from the free throw line, but <laughs> probably hit a couple threes. And, uh, yeah, then it just sort of all fell into place. And as soon as I came on a, um, I came to campus and was at Fresno City and and around Coach Maddock and uh, Adam Wall was a huge influence too because he was the he was the main assistant when I was my first year playing. As soon as I met those guys, it, it just felt like something special. You know, there was something special going on there that I wanted to be a part of, and I think that's what really convinced me to choose basketball over baseball. And I think. You know, if I look back on it, that's probably why I wanted to get into coaching, too, was just seeing the impact that they had on, you know, our lives as these high kids coming out of high school and how much they kind of shaped who I am today and where I wanted to go. And I, and I think at the junior college level, you have that opportunity to make such an impact on players' lives and a little different probably than at the NCAA level just because there's not as many rules or time constraints um, that you get to just spend more time with the players. And I think that's ultimately what I want to do is just try to have positive impacts on, you know, these young people's lives. It's crazy to think that how different your life would have been if you had just went to UC Davis. 100%. I was going to be a physical therapist. That was the plan. That's a different different path for sure. Yeah. So, you know, you go to Fresno City. Did you know about Coach Maddock before you went to City? Had you heard anything about <laughs> Coach Maddock? I had not. I remember going to watch a game at Merced JC 
where Fresno City was playing. And I remember talking to my dad about like, man, you see how that team is subbing? Like, I've never seen anything like that in a basketball game. You know, Coach Maddox would do the five in, yeah. five out sometimes. And it just, that was kind of it. Didn't think anything of it. And then a couple years later, you know, here he is recruiting me. And now I'm a part of it. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was, it was funny. But, no, that was all really all I knew um, was just that one game. I think I was a sophomore in high school. And I don't even know why we went, but it just happened to be Merced versus Fresno City. I imagine City blew them out too, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you played on some, you know, you went to Fresno City, played on some super, super talented teams. Did you, first of all, were you a big weights guy before going to City? No, definitely not. I was the guy in the weight room in high school that just kind of walked around as everybody else did a couple sets of bench or, you know, whatever they do, do a couple squats. And I just kind of walked around minding my own business. And I just you wanted, know, spot a guy every once in a yeah, while. Yeah. They need help. I just wanted to be in the gym. I just wanted to shoot. I just love shooting. I feel, yeah, I see. As a sh- like, I feel like lifting too much just messes up your shot. You get all sore. Like you just, it doesn't feel right. So, your first year at City, did you play right away? Did you have to redshirt, gray shirt? Oh, it's funny. I was actually talking about this with one of my players today uh, because uh, she's not uh, exactly you know playing as much as she wants to and has some some learning to do. And I told her, you know. I was you like I don't I don't feel sorry for you and uh I was you you know I didn't play I remember my first six games as a freshman at Fresno City I never got on the floor the only time I got on the floor was there was a technical foul and I subbed in to shoot free throws which I don't think is allowed but it somehow happened <laughs> uh and that was it and then but in the meantime you know there's a couple choices you either sit around and feel sorry for yourself or you start putting in more time and figuring out, you know, how am I going to be ready for whenever I get an opportunity? Because you're eventually going to get an opportunity no matter what. And so, um, yeah, I felt like I, I started putting in a lot of extra work, a lot of extra time in the gym. And sure enough, uh, somebody twisted their ankle and the regular guy couldn't start. I got a chance to start. I think I started the game, hit, hit four or five threes kind of right off the bat to start the game. And uh, I think I started the rest of the year. Planted that flag. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just got to be. But it was definitely an eye-opening experiment, experience as a freshman coming to Fresno City and thinking I'm a good basketball player and quickly realizing there's 18 other guys in the gym that are all just as good or better than me. And now you got to figure out how you're going to fit in and how you're going to you know, help the team and crack into the lineup and get some minutes. So your first year, what would you guys – I imagine you guys probably Elite Eight, Final Four, would you guys – My first year was actually one of uh, the roughest years for okay. Coach Maddock. Yeah, we uh, we won the league still. He never didn't win yeah. the league his whole time there. So we won the league, but we uh, were the – we had to go on the road in the first round. I don't remember what seed we were, but, uh, yeah, we went on the road and we won our first round game, and then we lost our second round game. Uh, that was my freshman year. Then my sophomore year coming back, now we had eight returners. And uh, and then a guy named Quentin Watkins uh, was recruited in who uh, was getting recruited by Kansas, actually, one day when I walked in the office. He was a player of the year in California. Uh, but his time clock was up, so he couldn't go Division One. But unbelievable player. So eight returners, then you throw him into the mix and a couple other guys. And we go 31-3, and three, and we lost in the final four. Uh, so one game away from the state championship. I'm going to go on, but it was probably because of eight returners. 
not the kid from Kansas. <laughs> Just a good combination, <laughs> I guess. But yeah. No, the best part was uh, Quentin, he is such a humble guy. And I mean, I think he kind of made our team in a lot of ways because he came off the bench the entire year. And, you know, he wins player of the year in California, this unbelievable guy, but humbles himself to just do what the team needed to win. And, you know, we had this group of these eight returners that were so solid, such a solid core that, you know, him coming in could have, I mean, you easily, you know, you know, guys who are the best player on the team that think they're too good to be there or think this, that, and he just humbled himself, fit right in and was awesome. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable, unbelievable year. No, yeah, because you know if if you're the best player, you know usually you're starting, and some guy, some people, you know, they don't like coming off the bench or they don't want to, you know, they don't want to use that have, be in that role and you know they become almost like a cancer and they can you know destroy the whole team. But that's crazy to think that the California Player of the Year came off the bench. Yep. Yeah, he should have won six. He won six man of the year too. Then yeah. I assume. <laughs> I don't know if they have that. JC Maxwell, but yeah, we'll give that. We'll give that award to him too. Yeah. So what was the, uh, coming out of Fresno city? What was the recruiting process? Like, do you have other opportunities or was it Canada or bust? Uh, yeah. So I had a couple opportunities, um, to walk on, uh, Cal state Fullerton actually wanted me to come walk on. Um, and I, I never really, I never cared personally about the level I ended up at. I, I mean, first of all, I knew I wasn't a Division One player. Uh, you know, I don't. I didn't really have that opportunity. Uh, but I just wanted to go somewhere where I was going to play. That was my ultimate goal. Um, you know, I wanted to go and play. And so, uh, Humboldt State uh, Division Two, they were recruiting me. They offered me a half scholarship. And then there was an NAIA school in Chicago that offered me a full ride. And I was kind of set. I was going to go to that school in Chicago. Uh, St. Francis was the school. And then our playoff game, you know, we're, we played uh, Delta at home. And this is where it gets the randomness starts. So the athletic director of Delta is friends with the assistant coach at the school in Canada. So they just happened to talk after our game. And I had a good game. And so they're talking. And they're like, yeah, you know, this kid on Fresno City – Know, kept hitting threes, hurt us. And so the next day I get a call from the assistant coach and I think it's one of my friends joking around with me. Cause like he said, like basketball in Canada, I'm like, what are you talking about? There's no way that's real. And so I don't want to say I blew him off, but I kind of blew him off. And then I go, you know, go home, start looking up stuff online and sure enough, it's real. So I call him back and I'm like, I'm so sorry, coach. I thought, it was, you know, it was a joke. Well, you know, whatever our season wraps up, end up going on a visit and just kind of immediately felt right at home. And so I would say for anybody in the recruiting process, number one biggest advice I have is go on a visit. Mm -hmm. Go on a visit and get a feel for what's going on and talk to the players. You know, coaches, I'm a coach, but you know, coaches can say anything they want sometimes, but you know, you talk to players on a recruiting visit, you'll get the feel, you'll get the vibe for the place right away. And uh, yeah, that's what happened. I, and probably two or three of my best friends are from that team that I played on in Canada and some of the guys I met on that first recruiting visit that I went on. So do you, you have to get a passport? To you do. Come? Yep. <laughs> yeah, gotta have a did passport. you have a passport? I did have a passport. Okay. Yep. So before you went on your recruiting visit, you already had a passport. Yep. Okay. So I was like, you know, I was like, Hey coach, I got to wait. I got to get my passport before I can yeah. go on my recruiting trip. That's crazy to yeah. think. 
And so then as a coach, when I was a coach there, I ran into that problem. Because so you're allowed three non-Canadians on your team. Okay. And so it's kind of like pro basketball yeah. over in Europe, how they have a certain amount of internationals. Same thing. You're allowed three non-Canadians. And so I was recruiting when I was playing or uh, coaching there. I'm recruiting a kid from Australia that doesn't have a passport. And so we're trying to figure out how to give him a passport, how to get him a student visa, how to do all this stuff to get him out of Australia and come play in Canada. So what, you had to get a student visa too? Yep. Holy, there's a whole lot more going into just, yeah. just going across the border to go play basketball. Yep. So how does like transcripts, how does that work? Uh, so you graduate. So I graduated from that school and there is a, I forget the name, but there's something that's called like verifying international transcripts. There's a company here in the United States that verifies that the school you graduated from is legit. And so now, cause I, I got my master's from Fresno Pacific. And so to get into the master's program, I had to have, you know, these transcripts verified and all that. And that's not just some made up Canadian. <laughs> You know, college in the like middle the, of nowhere. What is that movie, Accepted? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just make up a school. Yeah. So your transcripts for City going to the school, like those, there was no issue there either. Those transferred fine. That yeah. is not a, they take care of all that situation? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that was a pretty smooth process. It's, uh, yeah, that, as far as that, they're, they are used to having internationals coming in, not just athletes, but other players. So there is like pretty standard process for doing all that. Um but yeah, I mean, I tell, I tell my players all the time, like at least take a look, you know, maybe not the school I went to in Canada, but some of the other bigger schools, like, it's worth a look to check out because I mean, play for three more years. Why not? Oh yeah. Well, and I think a big point to be made too is right. If somebody wants you to come play, go look, yep. right? Like if they want you, it's worth a look. Yep. It's nice to be where you're wanted. Yeah. That's for sure. No. Yeah. It's who... Who was it? Somebody just we just had literally said, "Go where you're wanted, not yeah. where you're needed." I can't remember who that person was. That's great advice, though, because <laughs> if a coach wants you, somewhere inside the coach, they're rooting for you to succeed. Yeah. But if you just show up at a school where maybe the head coach didn't really want you, didn't see you fitting in, whether they admit it or not, subconsciously they're probably rooting for the person that they recruited yes. and really oh, wanted, or they're. Or they're going to bring somebody in that they want. Correct. Yeah. And just go right over the top of you. So that's the unfortunate part of recruiting. But yeah, go where you're wanted. So you're in Canada above, you said Montana. Yep. That has to be super, super cold. It's definitely a culture shock. Um, but I think that was another one of the big things I wanted coming out of Fresno City. You know, growing up in Merced and then living in Fresno. I mean, Fresno is a bit bigger, but it's really not much of a difference. And, uh, I love my family, got a great family, but I wanted to get away and go do something totally different. And, uh, that's what it was. It was totally different. You know, I'm shoveling snow out of my driveway, uh, scraping ice off my windshield. I don't know if you've ever heard what a block heater. No. So it's an engine block heater. It's actually a heater that is, uh, for your engine. So your engine doesn't freeze overnight. So I'm, I get there, I drive my car, I drove my car all the way from, Merced up to uh, Lethbridge, Alberta. And I get there and, you know, this starts snowing and I don't know, it might have been October is the first snow. And, you know, my teammates are saying, all right, you're going to plug your car in? And I'm like, well, what, well, what what's going on? <laughs> I plug my car into what? It's not electric. I'm like, no, you got to plug it in. Yeah, what do you plug in? And they're like, and then finally the assistant coach comes over and he's like, uh, Alex, this is what they're talking about. There's the engine block heater. 
the car has a little out, a plug on it. You've got to plug, you know, an extension cord into that, run it to your house so the car doesn't freeze overnight. <laughs> like, all right, so I got to get one of those. <laughs> okay, so I got to ask another question. I, I had teammates from Minnesota, what I played with, talk about like their gas lines, gas tanks would freeze. Was that ever? Yeah, so they tell you don't let your gas tank get below a quarter tank. Yeah, because yeah. then it'll freeze, right? It could freeze, yeah. Did that ever happen? It never or? happened to me, luckily. There was about five days where my car wouldn't start one time and uh, just left it. It was at one of my friend's house. And it, by the time like we got it running and everything, it, it was buried in the snow. I had to like, dig it out. <laughs> it was crazy. But yeah, it was an awesome experience. Awesome experience. So, so what I'm also hearing too is if you need practice putting chains on, you can come to Fresno City and Coach Fletcher will help you show you how to put chains on a tire. Yep, or my players. So this has been the funniest thing that's happened this year. My players, we've had all types of issues with cars somehow. Like people, car battery won't start. One of them had a flat tire, all this. And so they've created like through themselves they figured out how to do it all you know i'm calling they're calling me saying like can you come out I'm like yeah i'll be there come i'll come and then i get there and they're like working through the whole process and then one of them got a flat tire and uh i say you know do you guys want me to come help and they're like no we got to do this on our own we're <laughs> gonna figure this out and so I, i'm getting video updates of them like one of the girls standing on the wrench trying to get the <laughs> i mean it was hilarious but they figured it out and you know they're now they're rolling it's juco life yeah <laughs> Yep. So you're up in Canada, and you mentioned the the three non Canadian rule. So do they expect those three players to like be the guys? Yep, definitely. Okay. Yeah, if you're there's coming more, in, there's more pressure on you just the moment you get there. Yep, there's because your scholarship is going to cost more than the regular students because you're paying international fees, and so yeah, they're expecting the international players to come in and be the players. Mm. So I have a question. If you're like, we know how it is in overseas. If you're not producing, do they send you back to the States? Yep. And so actually after my first year, uh, the coach called me in. We, we had a pretty serious talk about, are you going to step up? Like, you need a big summer. You need to perform. And uh, yeah, luckily I was able to keep my scholarship and kept it and ended up, you know, having a much better year the next two years. Uh, but yeah, you, you got to, you're coming in to perform. Definitely. At least you know you're getting touches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody ever gets mad if you're shooting. <laughs> that is crazy. So what you think about your time in Canada, like what's like what games like stand out to you? Um, yeah, definitely. Let's see. So my last year playing my fifth year, that was uh, the school's best record in 20 years. Uh, we were 15 and five in league and uh, just a great year. We we actually beat the number one team in the country uh, at home, which was uh, it was like the student night too. So all the students from the dorms were there, and it was crazy. That game really sticks out to me. Uh, it was just such a fun atmosphere. I mean, packed gym, number one team in the country coming in, and we you know, we played the same team on Friday and Saturday night because the travel is so far. So we beat them Friday night. Place is going crazy. It's insane. Come back the next day, they beat us by 30. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we got that win. And it was That was a fun win. Um, what was campus like, though, Friday night after that big win? I don't know. I was home, uh, you know, studying. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> just trying to prepare for tomorrow. Oh, that's what you 
Oh yeah, that was fun. Oh, <laughs> good night. Good night. Uh, that might have had some <laughs> might have had something day. to do with why y'all lost by thirty the next night. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the other games that really stick out and it was always fun is we would play um, NAI schools in Montana. Okay. So as part of our preseason kind of exhibition stuff, because that was the closest non-league opponents that we could go play. And uh, going there, it was like, you know, the stupid Canadians are here. There's no way they're beating us. And so, I mean, we're getting terrible calls from the refs. We have, like, video footage of the clock and the score changing, you know, oh, at wow. halftime as we're in the in there. And all of a sudden, you know, we were up 10. We come back and we're down four. Yeah, not that crazy. But, um, yeah, those were always an experience. And, like, their football teams would be there yelling at us. And I always loved playing on the road. And just trying to shut people up. That was always fun. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was awesome. It was awesome. I got nothing bad to say about Canada. Yeah, the the most north I've ever been went to, we went to Butte when I was at FPU. Went to Montana tournament in Butte. I think we played like Montana, I, Montana Tech. We were there. Yep. Yeah, we played all those schools. Like in November. That's literally one of the coldest places I've ever been. It was in like November. I remember talking with the trainer and they talked about how like, like buses would freeze and I'm just like, they would have to like sleep in the bus, some road trips. I'm like, nah, I don't know how you could do that. So here's a, here's a fun fact for you that I didn't know until I lived it. But, uh, so Canada is on Celsius, right? For temperature, they use Celsius, not Fahrenheit. And so I was in Brandon, Manitoba. Don't ever go there. (laughs) There's nothing to see. (laughs) Never heard of it. So, so we're playing university of Brandon is the school. Powerhouse. No, uh, which makes it even worse because we lost a uh, 16 hour bus ride as well. We, we 16 hour bus ride to get there. Uh, we get there and now I know Celsius and Fahrenheit meet at minus 45 degrees and it was minus 45 degrees as we get off the bus in Brandon, Manitoba. And then we end up losing the next day. We won the following day, but, uh, yeah, that's not fun at all. It hurts when you go outside and breathe in, it actually hurts your chest. Wait, hold on. Minus 45. Minus 45. Hold on. Y'all played a game. I understand it's indoors, but outside was minus 45. Yep. And you first of all, you were on a 16-hour bus ride. We don't play that day. We still slept, play the next day. <laughs> minus, I don't even, I'm speechless. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you go outside? It hurts. Like, if you take a deep breath in, it hurts in your chest. But it's all about layers. Got to be layered, layered up. I mean, yeah, but how many layers does it take? Like, you got a good beanie. You got to have a good beanie. Usually, like a small pair of gloves, and then a big, you know, like snow gloves on top, and then yeah, a couple pairs of sweatpants, long sleeve shirts, just bundle it up. That is ridiculous. Okay, so I don't miss that. I I don't. <laughs> I didn't know people lived in that. That's a whole nother. Okay, so how far? Like, obviously, you know. Canada's the same length as the United States. So are you going from like coast to coast or do you guys kind of stay more like a regional area, more like Midwest Canada? I'm just comparing it to. Yeah. So our league is uh, Canada West is the league that we were in and it's the uh, largest geographical league in North America. And so we go from uh, Victoria, which is the island off the coast of the West Coast. So right above like Seattle, you could actually take a ferry from Seattle to um to Victoria. And then, uh, we go east to Manitoba is the farthest east we go, which is, I need a map in front of me now, but a couple States east of okay. Montana. 
So maybe like Minnesota, like above Minnesota type? Yeah, not even that far. I don't know. I need to look at a map. I don't even. Like North Dakota. Yeah, North Dakota. Okay. There you go. North Dakota. Okay. That's the one. Yeah. I, I have no, no knowledge about Canada, so I had to pull up. No, I just, yeah. I'm, I'm so intrigued that it's, it's – I just – you're the first person in the house I've ever met who's played in minus 45-degree weather. Yeah, and I, hopefully I'm the only one. <laughs> it wasn't the smartest thing ever, but <laughs> – Does anybody ever like – try to go out there just like hey we're just going you know like i see like the polar plunge and stuff like did you guys were you guys doing stuff like that as a team yeah there's definitely you know jumping in snow banks doing all that uh you know you go to a hotel you're staying at a hotel with a hot tub and snow is piled up all over around the hot tub so you go dive in the snow bank and get back in the hot tub you know all that all that fun stuff i remember we had a women's rugby team that was like national champs uh, for the last six years or something at our school and I mean they're out there playing in the snow their their season is in the fall so like the championship games you know it's snowing just like in the NFL sometimes you'll see you know those snow games um, so we had I had one you know one of the players we become good friends and I'm standing next to a snowbank like come on like tackle me tackle me into the bank like, let's see what we got she just lays me out right into this big snowbank and then what you learn you know being the stupid American coming up there is that the snowbanks aren't really soft. You know, there's that little bit of powder on top, and then you're eventually hitting some ice and some rock. Well, it did not feel good. So what was the well, – how, how big of a town were you in? About 90,000 people. That at, was Leth, Leth? Lethbridge. Okay. Yeah, and the school was about 8,000 students at the time. It's growing now a little bit. So Calgary, you heard Calgary, Alberta? Yeah. Yeah, that was the closest big city. That was yeah. about okay. two hours north of where I was. Okay. That's north? Yeah. It's colder. Yeah, <laughs> Lethbridge is almost in the United States. Jason. Yeah, it's really close. I'm just, yeah, it's I'm just thinking. Five minutes across. First of all, I think they were the Calgary Flames. Yep. So you know, I'm thinking hot flames. <laughs> I think a little warmer, but dang. What's crazy though? I'm looking at this map. Manitoba's a long ways. I mean, it, it, it's closer to Toronto and Montreal than it is to to Calgary. Yeah, we covered some ground. So did you guys ever go play like in Toronto, Montreal, or do you ever take those like long trips? Or? Not when I was there. Uh, they have you know, other years they've gone out east. And um, on the men's side, uh, there's a team, uh, Carlton, which is in somewhere kind of eastern. I can't remember exactly what city it's in. But they've won. It's like they've won 14 of the last 16 national championships. Oh, something wow. like that. Yeah, they're dominant. They beat some Division One schools. They beat uh, – Wisconsin I know they beat one year like over the summer in exhibition stuff and uh yeah if you ever want to see some coaching basketball strategy stuff if you look up videos on Carlton and Dave Smart was the head coach there just defensively he's all about forcing left so no matter where oh. you're at on the floor forcing people their weak hand and just like flying through it and it's not true just forcing left now he's kind of tweaked it a little bit but at times but it's uh, yeah, it's pretty. It's cool stuff. It's really interesting to watch. So is it more about just weak hand or just forcing left? Because I'm like, if you have a lefty point guard, so they the still uh, they still will force the lefty left, uh, huh. depending on how good he is. Yeah, but just because that's their their scheme, you know, they're just like their, shrinking, mm-hmm. try to just shrink the court. Yeah, that's that's crazy because it's like yeah, you're literally you know you're on that right wing, you know, or that. You're getting over the top. Usually, people don't want you right. going over the top. That's, that's I'm definitely gonna have to look this up yeah. now. So as long as you got all five people doing the same yeah. thing, doesn't matter what you do. That's true. 
And then offensively, I mean, they're just about all going right. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, just spacing and shooting a ton of threes. And they're fun to watch offensively. So unselfish, you know, move the ball and everybody can shoot. Like they're just knocking down threes everywhere. That definitely seems like a fun game to watch. Yeah. It's too cold to go watch, though. Yeah. <laughs> Can't make it in the winter. So you mentioned that there was a, you, by going up there, you got an extra year of, of playing. So was that was that a, did that play a role in why you went there? Definitely, yeah. yeah. That was a huge, huge part of the decision making. Um, I figured the longer I don't have to be a grown up, the better. And the longer you don't have to work, and you can be a college student, especially a student athlete. I mean, there's nothing better than being a college student athlete. Your biggest responsibility is showing up for practice, <laughs> you know. And so I figured the longer I could do that, the better. And um, yeah, just yeah, that was a huge, definitely a big part of one more year and so um probably if i was a little smarter and on top of things i could have started my masters even while i was on scholarship uh, i kind of went a different route and uh, my last semester i was actually in a program that was like a work uh, they called it a co-op work experience and so i finished all my classes in at christmas and so in the spring semester while our season was finishing up i was working at the front desk at the gym on campus and saying this was part of my kinesiology degree, I was working at the gym. So all I did was work like Tuesdays and Thursdays for three or four hours and play basketball. It was awesome. First of all, as a college student and as a senior, I feel like that is the greatest schedule ever. <laughs> yeah, it was it was the dream. I'm not gonna lie. It was nobody. Awesome. Nobody. I don't think nobody at that age is thinking like, what am I gonna do for the next 30, 40 years of my life? It's more like I'm gonna enjoy this semester. Yep. Yeah. Enjoy the semester. Had. Had a lot of fun. We won a lot of games. Um, it was probably one of my best personal years of basketball of my life, too. So it was a, a great way to kind of finish out my college career. And, uh, yeah, it was it was great. Okay, so in the States, obviously at that level, it all comes down to March, right? March Madness, all the tournaments. But is it the same time, time frame there? Do they have a huge tournament that you're playing in? So, the, yeah, they have – it's the same time frame. And there uh, – so – let me see. I believe there's 46 total teams in the country that are playing. Uh, so, I mean, already March Madness is bigger than the whole, you know, college thing. There's uh, the 64 teams is already more. Um, so their national tournament is 16 teams and they do it the same exact way. You know, it's just the sweet 16. But to get there, each league has their own playoff structure and they're all the first round is a three game series. Uh, and then from there, each league, either some of them do just a final four where it's one and done. Uh, some of them will do another three game series to kind of determine who goes to nationals. And uh, so my team never made it to nationals. Unfortunately, we lost in the first round uh, in that three game series. Um, two of my three years and the other year we didn't make the playoffs. But. That's kind of cool, though, like the little mini series. Yeah, it's it's intense. Uh both let's see both times yeah we went to game three we were on the road both years and went all the way to the third game and then lost game three which hurts you're the only <laughs> college player i know to have played in a game three yeah <laughs> there you go yeah twice yeah twice, twice. <laughs> yep that's crazy so you get done playing was it always the goal to come back to the states to start coaching how does that all how does that happen yeah, I, I knew at this point I wanted to coach. I definitely wanted to be a coach, and uh, that's I knew that's what I wanted to do. And, um, you know, Coach Maddock being one of my, you know, kind of from coach into mentor to then just really good friend, 
Um, at the time, you know, he's saying, you're always welcome to come back and coach with me. Uh, he was also telling me, though, you know, probably the best advice I can give you is go somewhere else, do something different, go see a different style of coaching, and then come back to Fresno City if you still want to coach with me. Uh, but it ended up working out where I came and coached with him. And I, I, I wouldn't say that was a planned thing. It just kind of all happened. And I probably just I didn't have any other real opportunities that uh, were exciting to me or that I wanted to do. And so, yeah, I ended up uh, coaching with him at Fresno City and quickly figuring out that, you know, you don't make any money as an assistant coach at a junior college and then start refing everywhere as much as I can, just making money. Uh, I was living with Cheyenne Akala uh, at the time. He was coaching, too, at Fresno City. And, yeah, we were just scraping by, trying to do as much as we can. Trying to put them high school tournaments on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, putting the high school summer league, high school tournaments, uh, refing everywhere, refing all the AAU stuff every weekend, refing like 10 games in a day and just grinding it out. So how long were you coaching at City? So I was at City probably less than a year, actually, um, because in the meantime, the school in Canada, that uh, my head coach that I just finished playing for, he was trying to figure out how to get a full-time assistant in his budget and work that out with the school. And he was saying, if it happens, I want you to come back. And it ended up happening. And so, yeah, I was with Coach Maddock. Uh, the season ended, you know, March it ends. Probably by May, I was back in Canada. Warmer weather. Warmer yeah. weather. Warmer weather, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I actually took, uh, Dejan Bordeaux, who played at Fresno City, he went up there with me uh, as a player, and he was one of the best point guards in the league for three years. Did you yeah. warn him? Did you warn him about how cold it is? Definitely warned him about everything. Yeah, I feel like uh, that's the number one thing. If you're recruiting anywhere, but especially to Canada, you better not lie because they're gonna know real quick uh, how bad the weather is. So first of all, our winters here are nothing. So you're like you're. Do you, are you wearing like shorts out here now? Like, is this like still? Yeah, it? it's all it's all just relative. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I definitely you've learned a little different tolerance uh, to the cold weather. But I still I don't like being cold. Like I, I would much rather prefer the summers here when it's hot. You know, but uh, yeah, today today was cold. Today it was. Yeah, not no minus forty five. Had or... to put a sweatshirt on. <laughs> So you go back, you're coaching, right? Talk about what were your, some of your job duties uh, up in Canada. Yeah. So yeah, now I'm uh, I'm they're called the head assistant. You know, I was the only one making money as an assistant coach, so got a lot more responsibilities. Uh, definitely recruiting uh, was the number one thing, uh, and then my coach wanted me to kind of focus most on international recruiting, just being an international and uh, all that. So recruiting was a huge one. And then we also, uh, there was a program called the Junior Horns, like an AAU team. And uh, we kind of blew that up and really expanded it into one of the best AAU programs in uh, our province, you know, Alberta, yeah. state, province, same thing. So, yeah, we blew that up to where I had two 15 and under teams, two 17 and under teams, and took them to Seattle. Uh, took him to Spokane, kind of went all over different areas in Canada too. Played, tried to play in some big tournaments, and the coolest part was we ended up four of those kids end up playing at the school, and so it kind of all worked out. You know, that was our whole plan was to create this AU program and get them excited about playing for us, getting to be around us, and then eventually come and play at the school. That is so, cool. That's almost like a like like soccer, like a little like yeah, mini like academy youth, yeah. yeah. 
Yep. That is cool. Yeah. And then the other one was summer camps. And so anything I did extra was kind of part of my salary. So I was, you know, very motivated to put on summer camps and do all those. And yeah, those, some long weeks going eight to five summer camps. Uh, when as a coach, everybody's been there at some yep. point. And so, uh, yeah, th- those were always a good time. So what is high school basketball like in Canada? I would say, so the area I'm in is, uh, or was, uh, very small town. Is that and not the same area as like Jamal Murray, Andrew Wiggins? No, not, not that. No, definitely not that area. <laughs> so the basketball is not, I mean, there's some good high school players, but the depth of talent is nowhere near, you know, going into a track game or anything like that. Not even, not even close. But the people there are even crazier, I would say, than the Clovis area fans or track area fans when it comes to their high school basketball. And it's life. I mean, there's all these little towns kind of around, uh, the town I was at where, you know, each town has one high school and it's like Hoosiers, you know, we're watching the movie Hoosiers where the gyms are sold out every night. The, these high school kids think they're the heroes of the town. So by the time they get to us at college, now we're, you know, trying to humble them and break them down <laughs> as they're a freshman, not getting to play any minutes. Uh, but yeah, it's high school basketball. There is just insane. They just love love high school sports, all sports in general. And it's a really cool atmosphere. We have um, our college uh, hosted like the Valley Championships, kind of same same idea. Every year was at, at our school. And I mean, just like the games at Selland here, I mean, it's just awesome weekend. Games are sold out, packed, you know, student sections, all that stuff. So really cool area for basketball. That's awesome. Do, like, I know like some of the gyms, right? Like, like, what is it selling arena like there's ice underneath and like they put the gym floor is that kind of like because you know hockey's huge in canada so is do some high schools have that where it's so remove the floor and there's ice underneath i'm the high schools not high schools don't have their own hockey team. okay the hockey is all like club stuff okay um when you get to uh the college level the, all the colleges have their own hockey team and Hockey is definitely the bigger one, so they have their own hockey arena, and then the basketball gym is somewhere else. Okay. Uh, there's a. I don't think there's any school that, that shares a facility like that. Like it's definitely this is the hockey, <laughs> and then oh yeah, there's basketball over there. <laughs> do they uh, at the colleges? Do they have football too? They do. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and they play uh, CFL rules. Yeah. Canadian Football yeah. League. So. That's cool. We learned about that recently. We had. Yeah. Uh, we had former Bulldog kicker Jimmy Camacho on. Oh, nice. And he's up in uh, – oh, shoot. I forget where he's at right now, but he's up in Canada. Let me look it up. Starts with an S? Saskatchewan? Yeah, I think so. Is he with – I think that's where he's at. What are they, the Rough Riders, I think? Oh, I actually no, no. had a friend I went to high school with when I was playing basketball there. He was playing in the CFL. That's cool. Yeah, you know, small world. He's playing right now for the BC Lions. That's it. Yeah. BC Lions. So – you're over there, you're coaching, you're on the guy side, and then you talked about transitioning to the women's side. So how did that happen? Yeah, so I did uh, – I mean, it wasn't wasn't much. It was just a little bit of strength and conditioning uh, with with the women's team, but, again, not, not much at all. I mean, I was definitely the men's coach and then kind of helped, you know, here and there do a little bit of, like, individual workouts and stuff. Uh, like, while I was doing a workout with the guy, you know, if one of the girls from the team was there, so, yeah, hop in the workout, like, let's go. Um, but yeah, the transition to coaching, uh, women's basketball really didn't happen until I got to Fresno city. Okay. And, um, 
yeah, the timing of everything, it's amazing how life works with timing. Um, so I was in Canada, probably planning on staying there and my, uh, citizenship was getting messed up. I was trying to get a work visa and then possibly apply for permanent residency. And as that's all falling apart, we hear that, uh, coach Tesler is retiring and the Fresno city women's job is opening up. So, you know, I just kind of throw my name into the hat and apply, hope for the best, see what's going to happen. And, uh, then in the meantime, like I'm trying to set up what I'm going to do. Uh, Cheyenne Akala is coaching the women's team at Bullard and I was going to come be his assistant, his assistant and start, um, you know, getting my high school teaching credential and just kind of trying to figure out what I was going to do next. And timing just works out. I, you know, get interviewed and end up getting the job at Fresno city. And then first thing I do is ask Cheyenne to come be yeah. my assistant. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, he ends up being my assistant for the first couple of years, helps me get going. And, uh, yeah, there, that's kind of how it happened. Timing is crazy. It's crazy how things work out. So what would, what would you say has been the biggest adjustment going from coaching men's to women's? Uh, I, I actually, I really enjoy coaching women. I think I like it more than coaching men. Uh, I think me personally, I don't treat the players any different. I think players are players, you know, they want to be coached. They want to be, it's all the same to me. You know, you probably manage relationships a little bit differently. Uh, but the actual coaching, I feel like I act exactly the same way I do when I was coaching men as when I'm coaching women. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a yeller or screamer. That's, that's not me at all. I'm sure it was just talking to me. You can tell, like, I don't really, that's just not my personality. And I think I truly believe the most important part about being a coach is being yourself. And if you're fake, the first people that know are your players. And so you can't be someone you're not. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I rarely ever yell, rarely ever raise my voice, uh, when I was coaching men, same as I coaching women now at Fresno city. Um, but I think, you know, from a kind of a, maybe an X's and O's or execution standpoint, I think the biggest thing that I try to do in practice is uh, just skill development and just continue to improve on, you know, people's ability to shoot, to pass, uh, dribble, you know, footwork, all those little things that I would say the women's game is much more fundamental where you're not, you know, you don't have an athlete that's just flying through dunking over everybody. Um, you know, you got to be a little more uh, fundamental and skilled uh, to get the same results and not just rely on athleticism taking over a game. Not many people playing above the rim. No. More no. above the square. No. <laughs> so that's where I think it's more fun to coach in a lot of ways uh, because, you know, your your schemes or, you know, your your impact, your coaching is is doing a lot. And it's not, you know, it's it's fun. I really enjoy it. Can't just go give it to, like, that superstar and just let him go get 40. Yep. Maybe at time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to have that player, though, yeah. regardless. So, <clears throat> first of all, how long have you had the had the the head coaching job? So, this is my fourth season. Okay. Say, so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a redshirt senior. <laughs> last year, uh, COVID canceled everything, uh, so we didn't have a season. Um, we did have uh, eight girls, I call them the COVID eight, that stuck it out through that whole year of Zoom workouts, uh, you know, workouts on the tennis court with portable hoops. Uh, and then we were able to do one scrimmage at Santa Barbara City College, and that was it. And so those eight stuck it out, and they're with me this year, and they're kind of that core of our team, uh, which has been awesome, awesome, absolutely awesome so far. And all local girls too. Is that where you 
primarily recruit is trying to get local, try to stay local or? Yeah, I'd say our, our recruiting area that we're allowed to uh, pretty much, you know, we can make first contact, we can do whatever is from Bakersfield to Modesto. Okay. And so, yeah, Valley Kids um, is what our team is all about. You know, we have uh, three girls from Clovis High. Um, we have a set of twins from Atwater High School. Then we've got a player from Buchanan, uh, Madera South, Hanford. Am I forgetting? Got one in uh, from Pittman in Turlock okay. area. And, uh, yeah, so all, all Valley Kids, you know, all people right here. And I think – that's the best part about my job is there's so much really, really good high school talent around, you know, Fresno, Clovis and the surrounding towns that, um, you know, I'd say the only bad part has been in my first two years, there's been too many good players that they're getting scholarships or the players are too good. They're getting scholarships and, you know, leaving right after high school instead of having to come to Fresno city first. But that's, that's a good problem to have. No, definitely. Definitely. So you guys have started your season. You had a nice little start to your season, so talk about that. Yeah, we're um, off to a five and one start. Uh, we this past weekend we won the uh, Sierra College tournament and we beat uh, Sierra College in the championship game, who's uh, preseason number two ranked team in the North. Uh, our one loss is to Delta out of Stockton, who's the number one uh, preseason ranked team in the North, and so. Yeah, I feel like we're, we're off to a good start right where we want to be. Um, and I think this is, I mean, I haven't been a coach for too long. You know, this is now fourth year as a head coach, four as an assistant, so my eighth year as a coach, I guess, and by far my favorite team I've ever been around. I mean, just an amazing group of, of young women that, you know, they all get along. Uh, they all want to work hard. There's no, uh, there's no clicks. You know, the whole team is, is the click, uh, which is the best part. And uh, it just they just enjoy it so much that it's so it's fun going to practice every day. Uh, I always tell them, you know, best part of my day is showing up to practice, and and I mean that seriously. It's it's just a great group to be around, and I think too, it got to be a lot of fun to watch because there's people diving on the floor. You know, we're passing super unselfish team, uh, shoot a lot of threes, and get up and down and go. Now, obviously, you know the pandemic was was rough for so many people, but did it you talk about that family atmosphere did that almost help you guys in that in the long run now that you're on the other side of it yeah i would say definitely it was funny this this weekend uh when we were in sierra we were actually talking about it and the girls were saying you know if you remember back to those those first zoom meetings everybody's so shy and quiet (laughs) you know nobody had actually met in person yet a lot of them you know they know each other from playing against each other and uh, maybe playing au or something but they don't actually know each other and so, yeah, those Zoom calls, it's like pulling teeth, trying to get people to talk and participate. And they're saying, you know, now if we were on a Zoom call, it w- nothing would get done. I'm like, yeah, I know. Either one of two things would be happening. One, you would all be talking at once and nobody would know what's going on. Or two, you would all be muted texting or Snapchatting in your group chat, <laughs> making fun of me behind closed doors. And, uh, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's fun. It's a great group. But I would say, yeah, in that COVID year, you know, we read a book together uh on leadership and uh we did you know just a bunch of different things trying to get as creative as possible and i think uh you know starting that kind of bond and going through all that together and everybody being in the same boat you know everybody wishing they were playing basketball but not being able to uh it really got them very close together and then i think it's a it's a big testament to those eight girls 
um, that are that returned and how they welcomed in the new freshmen mm. and made them feel immediately right at home, uh, made them feel comfortable, you know, allowed them into the group. And I wish I could say, you know, that was something I did, but I've, it's just, I think, it, again, the, just the people that they are and how, um, you know, their personalities are so welcoming and got all these new people in and ready to go. At the end of this run with that group, I think uh, at the very end of it, you should go back and do one last Zoom Hopefully, yeah, hopefully celebrating a, a league championship and a state championship. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's a great group. Um, yeah. Some of the returners are, you know, uh, Avery Evans from Clovis high, Jasmine Hugh from Clovis high, Kelsey Delgado from Clovis high. Uh, definitely, you know, a big kind of core of, of what we're doing. And then Kelsey and Lexi Valencia are the twins from Atwater, uh, Ceresa from Buchanan, and yeah, it's just uh, just a great group, great group, so much fun. So the one unique thing about Fresno City that most JUCOs don't have is y'all got two gyms. Talk about the you know the benefits of having two gyms. Yeah, two gyms is great, and um, you know having a, a great relationship with Coach Maddock and now uh, you know with Coach Rob, uh, getting to know him and, and working with him. I think that's a, been a other huge key of using the two gyms is working with the men's coach to make sure, you know, everybody's getting the time that they want and, you know, being able to step back and say, yeah, go ahead. Like you need it today. You know, you got a big game tomorrow. We'll take the back gym or whatever it is. But yeah, I agree. The two gyms is awesome. And having the, you know, a shooting machine in the back gym where girls can go get shots up and just work on their game. It's a, yeah, definitely an advantage to be in the gym as much as you can. I don't know. I don't know many junior colleges that have two gyms. No, probably not in this area. I think the COS still have their old gym. I don't know if they do. A little hanger. Yeah, <laughs> they got the new one. I think they do have. The, they probably still have that yeah. hanger. It looks like a airplane hanger. That's why I call it the hanger. Yeah, I don't know. It, is, it really does. It yeah. just, it's probably what it was for. Who knows? Yeah. Just put some hardwood in there. But so with the whole COVID, right? You have like your girls are still going to class, right? So they're gaining academically they're able to gain that so you could after this year right like they all could they all could go right even though they're considered freshmen on the books but they you know they could go so how does that you know in your back of your mind with recruiting and talk a little bit about that yeah it's definitely been a uh a tough topic and you know but something that we definitely have to talk about and communicate with and um you know so uh, the, the twins from Atwater, they're in a little bit different situation because they went to an NAIA school first. So they are actually true sophomores. Uh, and so ready to move on to the next level. But then, yeah, like you said, all those, all these kind of local girls there that all are back from that COVID year, they're academically going to be done with Fresno city after the spring semester, unless they want to stretch it out and stay. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely conversations we're having right now. We, you know, we talked today just about how the process is going to look and what's it going to be. And the unfortunate part was we didn't know the season was going to get canceled, right? So we, we didn't really have time to, to readjust classes or make sure their clock wasn't starting. And now the NCAA is saying they're going to accept waivers and and do that. So their time clock won't get messed up, which is great news. Uh, but yeah, in the meantime, we're, we're, you know, Avery Evans, we're talking about, you know, where is she going to end up after one year of playing at Fresno City? And now you got three years to play somewhere else. And it's going to be interesting. I mean, maybe four, depending on where you go. True. <laughs> true. true. Uh, yeah, but it's going to be, 
I think the recruiting world is definitely rocked uh, from the whole COVID situation. I mean, high school girls, uh, the transfer portal is absolutely insane. Uh, you know, this last year, the number of players in the transfer portal. And so it's going to be interesting to see how four-year schools are going to be recruiting. You know, do they want a true freshman out of high school or would they rather have a junior college kid who has only played one year and has got three left? Uh, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where they end up. But my advice, as, as I kind of mentioned before, is go on a visit, make sure you know you're going to fit, and then keep your GPA as high as possible. You know, the better grades you have, that's just the more opportunities you have for yourself. I think the basketball side of stuff, you know, that takes care of itself. Uh, you know, if you do what you're supposed to do, you perform, you're going to get the looks, you're going to get the exposure. Um, hopefully, you know, we keep winning at the rate we are. And so, you know, college coaches will start to hear more about Fresno City and want to watch our games and that type of thing. And so the basketball side takes care of it. Now, can you handle your, your schoolwork? Can you do everything else that separates you from maybe another recruit that they're also talking to? And uh, yeah, as much as I would love more than anything to have this entire team back next year and be able to run it again, um, players are going to be on the move. And that's, that's the name of the game for us at Fresno City. You know, as much as I love Fresno City and I was a player there, you know, I'm an alumni. Uh, I'm one of the people, you know, that did exactly what they wanted. They came and played at Fresno City, got a scholarship out. And that's my goal. That's what I want to do for these uh, players that come and play at Fresno City. And what I tell the recruits and, you know, I've told all these girls is I understand, you know, I know Fresno City is a stepping stone to help you get to wherever you go next. But in the meantime, when you're here at Fresno City, it's my goal to make it the best year or two years of basketball in your life. So when you look back on your basketball career, you say, like, man, I wish Fresno City was a four year so I could have stayed there the whole time. Um, and. You know, that's the hope that and I just tell them, hey, just, you know, remember me when you're rich and famous. Come back, <laughs> come back and say hi. Come play in an open gym, you know, come have some fun. But you just reminded me it, it wasn't at Fresno City, but we talked recently to uh, to Amy Parrish and she talked about how her time at Reedley actually is what made her fall in love with the bas with basketball again. So, yeah, it's it's it can definitely be that that time, that special time. Yeah, junior college, it's a it's a special place. Um and it's, it's hard to kind of put your finger on exactly what or why it's special. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's the people that you get to be around, uh, the relationships you get to make. And, uh, yeah, hopefully winning a lot of games, too. That always helps. So you're out recruiting. And do you, you know, if you got a night off, are you just out at a, you know, trying to find a local game to go to? or Yeah, I was going to go watch Clovis Hoover right after this. I think that starts at 6. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what time is it now? Yeah. 615 yeah, yeah okay <laughs> yeah so it's uh yeah definitely non-stop yeah. uh, trying to get just see as much as you can um normally you know one of the big recruiting parts for us is uh running high school summer league at fresno city and you know i'm sure every single high school player that for the last 15 years has played in that high school summer league at fresno city and we haven't been able to do it for the last two years because of covid restraints at fresno city and so you know, that's every single recruit in the area in my gym, or I get to meet parents, you know, I get to talk to them, everything. And so that's kind of put us behind a little bit, but now I'm just going to have to work harder on the back end to go out and see people and make those relationships. Yeah, I love it. It's uh, there's a lot, of, anytime you got time, there's a lot of games to go to. So you can get in there and, you know, at least get in to see these kids. Oh, yeah. And you said something earlier, I didn't realize this, um, as far as recruiting goes, 
you can only make first contact to those kids in the, in that area. Yeah. So our rules are from, from Bakersfield to Modesto. Like if I'm at a game, uh, you know, I'm watching a game, I can walk up and talk to them. Hmm. If I'm watching a game outside of that area, I can't go physically talk to somebody. I could call them or talk to them. Uh, and then out of state has all different rules too. out of state actually have to contact us first. We're not allowed to contact them. Now, what if an out of area team comes into your area? Then I can talk to them. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So like with the Clovis West tournament, with the girls having the Clovis West tournament. So that's a, like, you know, they have those out of town teams. So you, if there's somebody you like, you can go make that contact when yep. Buchanan has their tournament. Yep. They bring those out of town teams. You can go in and girl from Southern California, Northern California, or whatever, you can just be like, hey, yep. here's my business card. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if I go, let's say I'm in San Francisco yeah. and Clovis West is playing there, I can't talk to any of the Clovis West girls while we're there. That is crazy. Even yeah. though they're in your team, your area 90% right. of the time. But you most likely would already have made contact with them. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. If you already like have that relationship with them and you... You can say hi, you can be polite, but yeah, you can't go over and just sit there and be talking to them. Oh, it's like I already made first contact. Yeah. Made first contact back in. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Wow. Man, well, this has been. Uh, I've loved every second. Yeah. Of this. I, there's so much, so much stuff we just talked about that I had no clue about. So, uh, like the, I mean, all the Canada stuff. That was just you were just taking us to school there. So yeah. Celsius Fahrenheit meeting never. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you don't have to experience no. it. Yes. Uh, hopefully that never. never hopefully never my happens. lungs never have to experience it. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, though, man, I just can't thank you enough for taking time out of your day, um, squeezing us in here between uh, practice and, and recruiting. So, <laughs> yeah, no, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, I mean, if just uh, I can't kind of express enough how excited, uh, you know, we are at, at Fresno City with this group, uh, this this group of girls. And, um, you know, I think I have a couple new assistants this year too. Uh, Allie Orlich, who was uh, saw that Clovis West and then she played at Fresno City yeah. as well. Uh, I mean, she's been absolutely amazing. Uh, Janelle Sumalong also uh, is an assistant for me. She uh, played at COS, but we don't hold that against her <laughs> anymore. Not everyone's perfect. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, she's been awesome. And I think, uh, you know, just now that I'm getting a little more experience and, and knowing what I'm doing, um, you know, hopefully uh, we're putting a good product out there that's going to make uh, Fresno City proud, make all the, the local community proud. And, um, you know, hopefully keep this thing rolling as all these other amazing coaches before me at Fresno City and, you know, Coach Tesler won a lot of games. Uh, you know, pretty much every sport you look at at Fresno City, there's these amazing coaches that are winning a lot of games. So we're going to try to fit right in there and be a part of that. I love it. I mean, there's one thing Fresno fans love more than anything is that's local kids, right? Mm -hmm. And if, so if you're recruiting local kids, they're going to come out and they're going to support. And so. especially if you're winning. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the most important. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, win and win with local kids, yep. and you're you're gonna have you're gonna have a special plate in people's people's hearts. So that's good stuff, man. Thank you for uh, for stopping by. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. You've been listening to the Off the Bench podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Off the Bench.